Welcome to the Sexy Biz Babe podcast. I'm your host, Tia Lin, a business empowerment coach and motivational speaker. This show is for the high achieving woman who wants it all. Each week, I walk you through how to own your power, generate consistent leads, attract clients, and close sales with ease and confidence. It's time to make money doing what you love. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, my sexies. I am so excited for this podcast episode and just some fun random fact is I've been trying to get Lisa Welsh on my podcast for like half a year or maybe even a year. I don't know. It's been forever. We've gone back and forth. She's on the opposite side of the world. So it's the morning and it is 9 p.m. here in California, so midnight in New York City. <laughs> so I can't wait to have her on. She's a sex educator, and we're going to get into ah, kinks and kind of how to wiggle your way into it because I know it can be overwhelming. So we're going to kind of do the beginners for kinks. So go ahead and introduce yourself to my audience. Hi, Tia. Oh, thank you, first of all, for having me. I love your podcast. I love your vibe. I cannot believe it took us so long to actually make this happen, but I'm so glad that it's happening. Um, So thank you for the intro. I'm Lisa Welsh. Yes, I'm a sex educator and I'm based in Durban, South Africa. And I am essentially here to help people to have more fun in bed. And, you know, mediocre sex, crappy sex is just not worth it. Life is too short for that. So I love to give practical tips to help people take baby steps into more fun. So yeah, that is me. I love that. No bad sex, no faking orgasms, none of that, right? (laughs) None of that. Absolutely. You know, and when we say boring sex sucks, I don't mean conventional sex, which I'll get to a little bit more because there's space for all kinds of sex. As long as you're like into it and you're consenting and everyone's having fun, then I'm a fan. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, missionary can be great and all things can be great, but it's more like up to you and where your mind is at. So I'm curious, how did you start getting into kinks and what is kink? Why don't we start with that? What is like kinks? Yeah, that is the good question because often when we hear about what is kink, we know what it is not, right? So we say, oh, it is not conventional sex or it is not normal sex it's something outside of the norm that most people don't do you might think that it's painful and like risky um no rules just completely out there and that's actually not the case so kink can be bdsm like it can include bdsm and so that is bondage and discipline dominance submission sadomasochism so it can include some of that stuff or it can just be something that is a little bit edgy for you. And that's what I like to use as the term for kink. Something that is a little bit edgy for you. It could be a slight variation on what you're doing. It could be head to toe in leather, get out the whip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are so many different elements. But essentially, it is slightly, slightly more exciting, edgier play than you're used to. Yes. So I'm kinky in my erotic blueprint first Mm -hmm. and then shapeshifter. They're almost tied. So yeah, I love that. It's just a little bit different. It's like edging. It's like the taboo of whatever you think is pushing your edge, which I love. So what kinks are kind of what you're into if you're okay with sharing? 
Yeah, I'm okay with sharing. So I love sensual, like I'm sensual as my erotic blueprint type and kinky is there, but as like not too painful, but enough to like get me out of my head. That's what I love about kink. I love the way it shocks you into being fully present and anticipating what is going to come next. And I also love the way it helps you to advocate for yourself. Like for me, I've had experiment, I've had an experience in a BDSM dungeon with a dominatrix because I wanted to really experience impact play right Mm -hmm. so I went into this space and I was held there was wonderful consent negotiations and I still found it really tough to get out of my people pleasing instinct right Mm -hmm. as somebody receiving spanking so that's what impact play is I was being spanked by multiple implements And the funny, interesting thing for me was that I struggled to, like, I wanted to make sure that I did, I was good. Like, so I took the pain, right? I was struggling to say no, or that's enough. And she was asking for feedback the whole time. And it was interesting to me that in kink, this is why I like kink, is that it made me speak up because I had to say, whoa, I'm at my limits or orange or whoa, stop. (laughs) You know, I had to use a safe word. So I love to explore all different kinds of kinks. I wouldn't say that I have a particular kink, except maybe I love to be praised, Um, but I love to dabble. I'm a dabbler, but I just love what kink brings to the experience. So, yeah. (laughs) No, I love that you touched on how consent is huge with Mm. sex and communication and in the kink and in the BDSM world same with the lifestyle world which we're going to cover more on your podcast so we'll have to kind of plug that there so you can listen to our podcast on her show but I love that you touched on consent and boundaries and communication and how that was kind of an edge for you was pushing you to speak speak up which is so important with BDSM so Oh, communication, boundaries, speaking up. That is so hard for the average person. And especially, you know, almost the longer you're in a relationship without doing that, the harder it gets, right? Mm. Absolutely, yeah. People really struggle to be, to actually test out their edges and show different aspects of themselves and ask for what they want when they're in an existing relationship where they've almost created their identity already. It can be hard to to say that you want something else. And so actually that's a great moment to say that with kink, one common misconception is that if you want to try something kinkier, then it means there's something wrong with your relationship. So let's just bust that myth right now because it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with your relationship. That's like saying you've loved vanilla ice cream all these years and now you're curious about trying like that lemon meringue pie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's it's nothing just wrong with something vanilla ice cream. Else. Yeah, it's something, and it's so it's it, that is that comes down to our insecurities because we do naturally feel insecure around sex, most of us. So if you are tempted by the lemon meringue pie, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you, and it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with your relationship. So that's just an important thing to get out there. Yeah, what would you tell people who do want to have that conversation? Do you have any tips for them? Yeah. So if you want to have that conversation with your partner, then I think understand initially that everybody has insecurities that we mentioned. And initially, when we hear somebody that we love say that they're looking for something different, then the initial reaction can be a defense mechanism. So create space for 
an initial reaction that don't take it personally and create space to explore together. So you could say, for example, like if there is a kink you're curious about it, you're likely to have researched it more than they would. So, you know, come with an open conversation no judgment and say, you know, I'm interested in trying this, or I listened to this podcast. It spoke about how kink could bring a level of intimacy and fun to the bedroom. I'd really love to explore it with you. So make sure it's a collaboration, right? And then see how you could explore it together. There are so many wonderful resources available out there. So how could you explore it together? So don't be like, oh, you don't do this for me. This isn't good enough. And, you know, I actually really want you to tie me down and spank me. Like that could be, you know, that that's not a great way to invite open and calm and loving communication. Yes, that is amazing tips. And then I would also say kind of reassurance. People love reassurance. Just be like, I love our sex. I love the pleasure we have. This could just be fun to try. And then Mm. what I've learned from my clients is the people who struggle to try new things or their partner is like afraid of it almost. It's because they have a very different expectation. Like when they say BDSM, they're thinking whips and chains and choking like to the extreme maybe that they see on porn. Whereas maybe what she means is just some spanking or Mm -hmm. getting tied up with just her arms. Like you don't know. So I would almost say like what I've helped my clients do is say it kind of what the scenario would be juicy for you. Like kind of like paint a picture. Absolutely. Set expectations, set expectations. Because I think a lot of people uh, maybe first heard about kink through Fifty Shades of Grey, something like that, or porn. So you get in this, you get an idea or an image in your mind, and then maybe you want to speak to your partner and you say, oh, let's try something kinky. And so then they try what they think is kinky, but you haven't actually discussed it. So you're right, setting expectations. And that is important in a consent conversation before you play. So in in the kink community, they are amazing at consent and communication and setting boundaries and rules and limits. So we can learn so much from the kink community about that because it brings so much to sex, any kind of sex. So they would definitely speak beforehand. And it's a simple conversation like, how are you feeling today? what would feel good for you today? There are no assumptions made. There's no assumptions made that because we did this last time that we're going to do this again, right? So it's a continued collaborative conversation, which makes such a fabulous and hot sexual experience because you're actually tuned in. You're tuned into what you want, to what your partner wants, to what your partners want. If there are more than two people present, you're tuned into seeing what each person wants at that moment. And there is always a way out. There is a stop. There's a safe word in place. So that's a really important thing with kink and all sex that a safe word is like an immediate stop play. Mm -hmm. Beneficial to be a word that you wouldn't accidentally say. So say, for example, you're role playing and then you're like, oh, no, no, stop, stop. Then they're like, is that a stop or is that like a sexy stop or is that a real stop? So it's good to have an unambiguous word like giraffe or banana or something that you can say intentionally. And the important thing about a safe word is that it should stop all play without judgment, without there being repercussions for it. So Funnily enough, it can actually be hard initially when you hear your partner say stop or, you know, say the safe word or red, you know, 
because you think, oh no, what did I do wrong? Is something wrong? But if you can take that safe word and actually be grateful that your partner was able to say it, that actually can bring you even closer together. It's an invitation to ask, you know, how could we make things better in in the future? Was there something that I could have done differently to make this more perfect for you? It's an invitation to learn more. So yeah, that's another powerful aspect of kink. I think that's great. And having those safe words in that communication beforehand and establishing either the safe words and then what you might be into and painting a picture because they cannot read your mind. I promise you, you may be thinking a whole different scenario and they're thinking a different scenario, just like what Lisa said. But um, in one of mine, we had just the green light, the... Mm -hmm orange or yellow for slow down and then red for a hard stop, which was kind of nice. And yeah. yeah, And then you just kind of like red and then that's very different, but you could say like slow down if it's a little bit too much, that way you don't have to completely stop. So it's good to have those like safe words and you can make up your own if you like, and it keeps you from struggling and like keeping in pain. So I would love if you shared a tip, what helped you build that confidence to speak up? Mm, That's a good one. So this is why I loved impact play, because by being spanked, you have to speak up, Mm -hmm. right? And so it's, if you're, it it literally puts you in, in the position where it forces you to step outside of your comfort zone. If you're somebody like me who struggles to say no, so many of us struggle to say no in our everyday life. So one thing you can do is actually practice saying no in your everyday life, right? Yeah, with small things. Yes, absolutely. And you can even do a game. So that that system you just said, the red, orange, and green light, you can play with that. So actually do a a reciprocal game, right? So you're going to take turns touching each other and you're going to say green, green, oh, green, 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 you know, orange. And then when your partner says orange to you, you can say, thank you. How can I make this better for you? Okay, Mm -hmm. so it's teaching each other that you're actually going to be grateful to receive that color, that light. And then when you say red, thank you. So actually practice saying orange and red without there being sex present. Right. Because when we're actually naked and having sex, then it's like, oh, you don't want to hurt their ego. That's why so many people fake. Um, But by doing it in this actual game, then it's okay to like test out saying it, practice saying it, see how it feels to say it, see how it feels to receive it and what kind of reaction that you get. So that's a really great way to actually build up your confidence. Ooh, I love that. And uh, I love um, spanking and I do like a little bit of pain and it does push you to, you know, you can take as much as you can, but you do have to speak up. So that's great for you people pleasers. And then what I love most is I'm super ADHD. Like I'm also a shapeshifter. So I want everything all at once to get me out of my head, which is Mm -hmm. why I liked impact play because Mm -hmm. it does get me out of my head. It's like, you can't do anything else, but focus on like relaxing or letting go, which is why I like the pain. So that Mm. has been helpful for me for orgasm, for getting out of my head. And then it kind of helps me practice getting out of my head. 
I love that. I love that. So, so good. So we have spoken a little bit about spanking. Should we share some other kind of ways that people can bring kink into the bedroom? Yes, I would love that. Please share. Okay, great. Um, Okay, so I can see as I'm sitting here, my sun is coming up and I'm getting like drowned in sunlight. Oh yeah, take your time. You can move it. You can move it. It's fine. (laughs) Maybe I'll close my curtain. Sorry, darling. That's better. <laughs> Yay. So I think it's really important that people take baby steps into kink. So you don't have to go the whole hog. If, you, if you're curious about spanking, we've both spoken about spanking a little bit. So if people want to get started with spanking, for example, you don't need a whole load of tools initially. You can start with a hand and learn the safe, the safer techniques because with kink, there is often risk involved. So I really recommend that people do their research first, but it's good to focus on fleshier, fattier bits of the body. So the bum is usually a safer place to go. Um, and usually like don't go above the crack and below the crease, like keep it there. You don't want to be spanking areas that are bony or that have organs or a lot of nerve endings or thinner skin. So the bum is usually a good place to start. And once again, I recommend spanking outside of the bedroom first. Spank with your clothes on, spank before you're having sex to see how it feels. You can spank yourself, you can spank your partner and just see what kind of force you like, right? You might be surprised you can give kind of a bit of a whack and be like, okay, that was still cool. Then you can also see how do you feel about seeing marks you've made? Like, does that feel okay? Mm -hmm. Or does Mm -hmm. it actually upset you to see that you've marked your partner? For some people, that's a massive turn on. They love to see the red marks afterwards. So practicing outside of the bedroom gives you a chance to actually learn a little bit about that kink before you bring it into a, you know, a more difficult environment like sex. Um, And then you can experiment with different tools. But Things like canes and whips can mm. be really dangerous because they're really hard to control. They, they yes. actually require a lot of practice. Yeah. You can do damage with a cane. Oh, it actually gives me goosebumps thinking. Yeah. About and that brings me back to a story, but I will cover right after. Oh, I can't wait. Um, so learning with something that is easier to control, like a paddle, you know, so you know exactly where you're going to be striking. And then beforehand, we've spoken about setting expectations. When it comes to spanking, you can say, listen, I think I'll be available for maybe 10 strokes today, like 10 mm-hmm. strikes. And then decide like out of 10, how hard do you want that? Five out of 10, seven out of 10. So we can agree, okay, we're going to do 10 strokes at a six out of 10 today. Great. And then don't go over that. That my friend, the dominatrix, Miss Kitten, taught me this because in the moment, you've got all of those endorphins going through your body, you're having fun, and you're like, no, keep going, keep spanking me, keep spanking me, you know? That's not good. You're not in your right mind anymore. Yeah. <laughs> If you said 10, stick with 10. And if you decide halfway through that actually that's enough, you've got your safe word. There's never any pressure to do something just because you negotiated it first. If you say, yes, I want you to get a strap on, I want you to peg me today, but actually during the warm up, you change your mind, no problem. There must be no repercussions for changing your mind. That is the beauty of kink and all sex. You should always be able to advocate for what you want in the moment because everybody is there for for pleasure. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to think that you're just going through with something because you feel bad. So that is not sexy. (laughs) Men, it will make you feel safer to continue to explore and your partner 
will feel safer. And I do have a funny little thing about the whips. So at a play party, I was like, ooh, I love pain. I love being spanked. And then he brought out a dragon tail, which I don't know if you know what that is, but it is a whip. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, like spank me. He brought it out and I have a high pain tolerance. I was at a play party. It was lights. It was already feeling really good. I was feeling all the endorphins. So my pain level threshold was skyrocketed. And I Mm. wish I knew that it leaves very big marks. It was pretty intense. Probably the most, no, it was definitely the most intense marks I've ever had on my ass. But I do think it's good to maybe communicate like, oh, are these used to leaving marks? How much do they leave? Or like letting whoever's doing it to you, I'm not looking to have too much marks or I'm okay Mm -hmm. with marks because that was something that I learned. It was fun and it was intriguing, but I was going to Cancun next week and wearing thongs. So thankfully it did recover quite quickly, but it took some time and it got pretty close. And I was like, this isn't what I expected, but you know, lesson learned. (laughs) Absolutely. And it's great if we can learn the lesson beforehand. We don't always have that luxury, but yeah. And, you know, and also the moment you are struck by something that you've never been struck by before. So for example, the first time you had a whip on your bum, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, could be helpful if that is outside of a play environment first, for example, because sometimes the way that makes you feel like, for example, I'm visualizing, remembering being struck by the back of a brush on my bum. Yeah. A brush. And I can still, my body still has a visceral reaction to it. It was shocking. Mm-hmm. You know, it brings you right back to your body, which isn't a bad thing for anybody listening. I know we said baby steps. It feels like we're really talking about some, some crazy stuff here, but, um, it, it was done in a safe way, but the the physical reaction in your body, you can't always be prepared for. And that's why it's important that you are in a place where you can speak up, where you do have a safe word. And it's the first time we've mentioned this, but that there is aftercare in place. Mm. So that means you are making sure that you're having your needs met and each other's needs met afterwards. This is another really critical part of kink that not only consent and ongoing communication, but that there is space for aftercare afterwards. Because in fact, impact play can bring up a lot of emotions. In fact, all kinks can bring up a lot of emotions, all kind of kinky play, because you are getting out of your head, you're getting into your body, you're fully present for sometimes the first time in that day or that week or in ages. And Mm -hmm. so it gives your body a chance to actually release emotions. There's a lot of chemical reactions going on, hormones, endorphins flooding through your body. So that's how it can actually be healing, but you need space. You need to give yourself space to, to process what comes up and to integrate that and really have compassion for yourself. And often afterwards, sorry to interrupt you, but we often afterwards, we also have a little bit of um, insecurity. You spoke about reassurance. This is essential in aftercare, reassuring each other that I enjoyed that. I had fun. You know, I, I love you. You know, if, if it's a loving situation, like, you know, I, this is what I enjoyed. This is how we could change things, but a reconnection with each other, with yourself a checking in that, okay, that, you know, if you've done something for the first time that is taboo, you can have that like naughty girl conversation in your head. Like what kind of person am I that I've just enjoyed that? Mm-hmm. So this is, it's important to make space. So maybe you need to cuddle. Maybe you need a cup of tea. Maybe you need space. Maybe you need chocolate. Always need chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> but different, it's an important. Different ways point. to aftercare, right? 
And uh, I'd love if you covered why it's so important, because I mean, it could also bring up trauma. You're also in a very vulnerable place, especially if you're the one that's being submissive. So you could be not used to being that submissive or surrendering or maybe, you know, below somebody. So yeah. And also can it bring up trauma? Definitely. There's a, there's something called the sub drop. So you've got all of those endorphins going through your body, all of the excitement of what you're doing. And then yes, thereafter, those endorphins are going to come down again. And so there's that feeling of, like you said, being vulnerable, being insecure, feeling like, whoa, that was a really intense experience. Like anything, like if you, you know, if you're bungee jumping, you get that massive high followed by that kind of low feeling where you're, you're landing back into your body. You're trying to process what you just did. And even if there was nothing that went awry in this, in the fun that you were having in the play scene, even if nothing went awry, (laughs) it can still, it's still really important to let yourself land gently again before you transition back into everyday life. It's really important to take that space, take that time for yourself to really just settle back in, you know, physically, you might need something sugary to like boost your, you know, boost your blood sugar again. There's so many different things. And it's creating space to give yourself what you need and reset that feeling of safety. And it's actually a great place to learn again about what you need and what you want and what you enjoyed. So that next time you play, is even better. This is how you can boost intimacy because you're learning about yourself. You're learning about each other. Nothing is assumed. You're not just going through the motions like so many of us in long-term relationships. Sex looks a certain way. We go through the motions and we just repeat the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. But when we introduce this deeper element and we're actually opening a conversation, we're creating space to learn about ourselves and each other. It is just, it opens up another whole layer of intimacy. Yeah, I really like that. And what's one of your favorite aftercares that you enjoy most? And how did you find out? Mm, so I definitely love a little bit of chocolate. And oh. I love... <laughs> I, See, I didn't I even love- think of that. Yeah. <laughs> chocolate is a good one. And I actually like space, but not like... Mm. I like something to be close to me, but not necessarily hugged. Like mm. I, I eat closeness without hugging and the only way to learn about that is just to see how it feels afterwards yeah. and be able to communicate that without judgment so whatever your partner needs like see can you give that to them also without judgment you know so yeah, yeah. We, we and just trial over- and error because you know yeah. men oftentimes they're just like they have the release and they need to go to the bathroom they need to clean off but if you let them know hey I would like after care and maybe they you know, have their five minutes to release or relax or 10 minutes. And they're like, Hey, I will then do the aftercare. Like that's a, that's a fine way to get that space and then deliver the aftercare. I really am the opposite of you. I love, I have to have that like connection and touch and like love back put on me because when I'm doing more kinky stuff, I'm very submissive. I'm very, um, vulnerable. I'm very in a different element that I'm almost never in which is okay. why I like kink. <laughs> Very interesting. I love it. I love it. It just gives you a chance to just like surrender. Yeah. It's, and whatever you need is, is valid. You know, whatever you need afterwards is valid. Yeah. And what are some other ways to try kinks? So one common way that lots of people try, which actually worries me, is choking. Mm. Everybody seems to be into choking. 
But we see it on porn and it's like, choke me, choke me. Choking is so dangerous. And I think people just go for it, just get in there and like choke, yep. you know, yep. it feels hot and they like rough sex. They're just going to choke, but they must do their research. They must do their research. Choking can be so, so dangerous. So please, if you're interested in that, learn about the safe ways to do choke to choke somebody you don't want to be putting pressure onto the front of their throat you can put pressure on the side of their throat there are correct techniques and i'm not even going to really explain the techniques because i want you to go and learn if yeah. you want to do choking if you want to invite choking into the bedroom please learn about it so that's just one that's one aspect um mm. another thing can be like hair pulling that can be really sexy um and it can feel really good especially if you like combine it with like a bit of a scalp massage and then a bit of a tug that's something that I love that can really tip me over the edge and um again hair pulling you might think that's not very kinky but this is another opportunity to give consent to negotiate what that's going to look like right and to, and to research so when you're tugging hair, you want to be pulling close to the scalp and you want to be pulling like a chunk, not just like individual hairs, because that reduces the pressure overall. If you're someone like you with the beautiful long flowing hair, then you can like grab like a ponytail and tug kind of thing. So that can be really hot. Um, yes. <laughs> bondage is exciting one. Um, bondage or restraints. So that is where um, one person is is in the position of being submissive because they are bound and restricted from moving in some way. That can be really sexy. Tia, do you like bondage? You say you love to be submissive. I love being tied up. Like I said, I am kind of controlling outside of the bedroom. And I talk a lot. And so that puts me into submission is being restricted and not able to be controlling and like dictate what I want or what I need. And that's what I'm used to. So it really puts me in that like submission. And it is, especially at the beginning, really difficult. And then one of my partners right now, he, you know, found out after I, um, we were playing together that I'm a talker. And he's ADHD. And so he was like, oh, like, this is hard for me because we're both ADHD. And for him, it's distracting for his turn on. And so how we dealt with that, and which I actually love, is using the ball gag. I love it. So it shuts me the fuck up. I (laughs) get into surrender. I can't take it off. I mean, you know, if it's if it's miserable, then I can, um, you know, say red or whatever my safe word is. But like it puts me into surrender. It makes me shut up and it makes me like let go. Wow, that is hot. Thank you for sharing that, Tia. And, you know, when you have a ball gag in your mouth, then there needs to be some other kind of safe Mm. like indication so you can use a hand gesture or something like that or an eye gesture to say like okay that's enough but this is great so for anybody listening there are very there are lots of levels of intensity of restraining right so you can start by holding someone's hands just holding their hands above their head with your hands and like you know Mm -hmm. seeing how that feels for them to be like restricted in their movement and what does that mean that gives you access to their body in a different way right that's a great first step then you can try handcuffs and you you can get metal play handcuffs they can actually be a little bit painful yeah they are 
Yeah, you can get um, double locking handcuffs so they don't go tighter because you don't want to be constricting around the wrists and easy release handcuffs. But I love the Velcro, like Velcro soft cuffs. You can get wrist cuffs, you can get ankle cuffs, you can get cuffs with a bar to keep the legs open. You can get under the bed restraint kits with Velcro. So they're soft, they're easy to release. They're a nice starter um, restraining kit. Um, if you're going to use rope, like you are, Tia, I do really love rope. Um, the difference, the thing I love about rope is the feeling of it on your skin and how that is like an anticipation and a excitement. It's kind of like a rough and... It's kind of like being hugged tightly, isn't it? So you're like being held and that allows you to like soften, but then it, it like reminds you like, oh, there's a rope that, oh, like it's hard to explain without having it done, but it's a different yeah. experience. But if you're curious about bondage with rope, shibari, please learn the correct ties. It's essential that you start with like a single column tie that is a foundation of many of the ties. It's something that you would put around your wrist or your ankle and it cannot get tighter. It Ooh. holds its shape and it doesn't get tighter. That's really important because you don't want to accidentally pull on a knot and it tightens and constricts around a wrist because of nerve damage. That is a really important thing. So if you're being tied, you want to be practicing moving your fingers to see if you've still got full sensation in your fingers, just to make sure that you are not doing any nerve damage. I also don't recommend um, lifting people suspension rope with rope unless you are an absolute expert. I don't recommend doing ties around the neck. Um, there is an awful lot to learn and there are workshops you can go to. There are online tutorials. So if you want to play with rope, keep a pair of scissors, safety shears close by. Make sure that you are with somebody that you have good, strong communication and trust with and learn together. Practice the knots outside of the bedroom. You see, this is something I keep saying, play with kink without sex first and just see how you can incorporate it. So I do love rope bondage, but please know there's a lot of risk involved. Yeah. And uh, I love that you keep saying play with it outside the bedroom, but I just want to remind the listeners that I didn't start with my kink journey where I'm at now. Like oh, yeah. what she's saying like is... You can start very small. I started right away because I am kinky. That's been who I am from the beginning, from when I very first partner is I did okay. like getting spanked. I did like a little bit of choking. I did like these things, but mm -hmm. I slowly kept trying new things and then it would get a little bit more intense as I went. And so now it's been I don't know how long, like 13, four, I don't know, like 14 years of slowly trying new things yeah. and really kind of like graduating. And one of my first things was back when I was really young in college and I got like an Amazon kit. It was like one of those cheap Amazon kits. And this is, you know, kind of a vulnerable share because I always have been kinky is mm -hmm. I started by doing it to myself. So okay. I got to practice with things without yeah. doing it with a partner because it is kind of vulnerable and you don't know how you're going to react. So mm. even like things from butt plugs to, I'm trying to think of what else I tried, even like a ball gag, like yeah. putting it on and seeing how your jaw feels, how you feel, how long you can try it. And then it mm -hmm. won't be as 
kind of scary or intense when you do it with a partner. So I really think doing it solo play is really helpful. What about you? I think that is excellent, excellent advice, 100%. Because when you're doing it alone, like you said, you're not only practicing to see what it does feel like, which takes away a lot of the fear, the fear of the unknown, but also it helps you to develop that level of safety in your body. Your body's Mm -hmm. like, okay, I recognize this. I know what's going to happen. And while having the novelty is great, Also, if you can include some kind of structure of things that you're familiar with while you are experimenting with somebody else, that can be really important. So yes, 100%. You can practice so many of these things alone first and then slowly introduce them in baby steps, step by step. You don't have to go all in initially. You know, you don't have to you know, crack out the whip, as we said, you can start with a hand, you can start with a hand over your clothes on yourself, right? There are so many little steps, tiny steps. And you might find that by just tweaking a slight variation on what you're already doing, you can really intensify the pleasure more than you imagined, right? Just the same way that putting a pillow under your bum during missionary can really make it mind-blowing, right? For example, for some people, the same can be that just by having a slight tug on the hair on your hair could actually tip you over the edge into orgasm so I'm speaking from experience there for me that really blow my mind and it can be it's just the moment of reconnection to my body and the different sensation and bringing another element so it doesn't have to be everything and whatever it is 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 great for you right so the the kinkier just because something's kinkier doesn't mean it's inherently better Mm-hmm. Tia, you followed your path and you followed the things that you're curious about and you're still learning and unfolding. And that's so fantastic. Mm-hmm. And for all of us, we get to choose our own sexual expression. But what a shame if we never do. What if we never try that lemon meringue pie ever? And we just look at it all the time and just wonder, like, couldn't you just put your finger and just taste that little meringue or have a little nibble of the biscuit? And maybe it's not for you. And then what What have you done? You've just learned that that's not for you. There's a chocolate cake over here. <laughs> There's yeah. so many Life is like a buffet of puddings that we can taste. (laughs) I love it. Okay, so this comes to maybe one of the hardest questions. Is what do you do if your partner isn't into what you like? Mm. And either, we'll start with that, but there's kind of two aspects of that question. It's like, maybe you just want to explore and test it out. So I guess let's start with that one. So What do you do if you have some ideas that you want to try, but your partner's like iffy or afraid or gosh, this is too, this is a really complex question. I think I know what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah. So I think a great tool to start with is we've already mentioned just opening a conversation, inviting curiosity and, and something to explore together. Um, And then you can try to download a yes, no, maybe list. Mm. So these are lists of different sexual activities. There can be vanilla activities. There can be some things that could be considered kinkier. Um, And essentially, individually, you'll sit down and go through that list and decide what is a yes, what is a hard no, and what is a maybe. So um, it could be spanking, it could be hair pulling, it could be choking, it could be anal play, it could be pegging, it could be oral sex, so many, like a wide variety of things. And then you look at each other's lists together in a non-judgmental space, like create a date around it, make it fun, know that doesn't matter, you don't have to put down what you think your partner wants, like that's important. Put down what is true for you. You might be surprised that they're actually curious about some things that you might be too. So if you've got double yes, 
Woo, that is on the menu, right? You're you're able to explore that together now. If there's something that is a hard no, that is okay. Like that is okay to take off the table for now. If you've got maybes, then that's something that you might want to talk about more and explore and learn about together as well. So if there's something on your partner's list that is a hard limit for them, and it is something that you really, really want to explore, then this is going to take some communication. There might be ways that you can still bring it into your relationship space. So it could be that you explore that through erotic stories. You could explore it through role play or porn. Okay, so maybe you can bring in a visual element of it and um, pretend that something's happening. I'm going to use the example of pegging, right? So pegging is where the woman or person with a vulva will um, use a strap on to penetrate the male or prostate owning partner anally. (laughs) So they're stimulating the prostate with a dildo. Now, a lot of men are curious about this because of the... Right. But a lot of, yes, for sure. So a lot of, but I'm going to say a lot of men are curious about it because of the pleasure potential. A lot of women are curious about doing it because of that, like the domination aspect. Mm -hmm. So people have different things that excite them about this. But, and the reason I chose this particular act is that it's very loaded because Mm. we think if a man wants to have something in his anus, then he must be gay. That is the (laughs) false assumption that is made by many, many people. Like they're like, no, nothing is going near the butt. And, you know, the women might think if their partner says, I'm curious about being pegged, they might think, oh, my goodness, and I'm not good enough because I don't have a penis and maybe they actually want a man, you know, and it's there's a lot to unpack there. There's actually a lot to unpack. And that can take a lot of self-inquiry. And there are many resources to help people get ready for this. So, okay, so that is my example that I want to give initially. So we could start then by um, learning about pegging learning about what it really means. We can watch porn about pegging. Maybe that could feel okay. Maybe that could feel too much. We could try other butts play and we could maybe reciprocate butt play. Maybe we try butt plugs together. Maybe we do rimming or like there's other things you can do to help get ready for that final step. And if your partner is never ready, like if you just literally, say for example, you're the woman, you literally could never ever find yourself doing that, you'd never feel comfortable doing that, then that is another question to ask. Is it okay to be in a relationship where that never happens? Is it okay to bring in another way of making that happen? Could you do it yourself? Could you bring in a third party? And a lot of couples do 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 that. Um, Or is this relationship not right? Like these are all valid questions to ask yourself. There's no, you know, this this is our one precious life. And if you want to express yourself sexually, there's, we can't ever force somebody to do something they don't want to do. So these are all very big questions. It is a tricky question because the answers are personal and, and have massive repercussions. So yeah, Yeah, you covered my follow-up questions. So great job. And then I just want to share that one of my previous partners that I was with for a long time, the words BDSM, in his mind, he like, oh, I'm not not really into it because what he made it mean in his brain was like rope play and like spanking with a paddle and like all these other things where in reality we found like middle ground in ways I was able to get my type of BDSM and my submission through what he enjoyed, which was more pushing my limits, trying other types of pain, spanking. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Like we did like 
more baby things, but I was able to get that need filled other right. ways. And it would have been able to figure that out with what you said with the like, oh, yes, yeah. no, and maybe and going down the list, I would have been like, oh, well, I can get that need met through this. So yeah. I thought that was a really good example. Oh, fantastic. I'm glad that was helpful for you. This has been amazing. Yeah. Oh my goodness. This is an amazing episode. We covered so much. If you guys need to come back to this episode, definitely do. And if you want to learn more, definitely go follow Lisa. She's amazing on Instagram and she posts so much information and great, cute images. So go follow her, give her a love and where else can they find you? And what do you have to offer them for free? Thank you, Tia. Oh, thank you. So I am in bed with Lisa. Come and get in bed with Lisa. <laughs> yes. That is my website. That is my YouTube. That is my Instagram. That is everything. And if you go to inbedwithlisa.com forward slash guide, then you will get my free ebook, which is the A to Z. I'm saying it in the American way, the A to Z of fun sex. And it is 26 ideas to help you get spicy in the bedroom. So yes, go ahead and grab that. But thank you so much for having me today. Yes, you are amazing to have. I love your bright, beautiful face. And she has great reels and great information. So definitely go check her out and download that free book. You know what? I might even go download it. That way I can get some even different ideas that maybe I haven't thought about. If you are desiring to take your sex life to the next level and be able to explore, understand your body more, and take your pleasure to reach multiple gushing O's and feel super sexy and confident inside and outside the bedroom, then go check out my links for my free workshop to Five Steps to Mind-Blowing Sex or whatever freebie is available at the moment, and my sexy goddess signature course that takes you from good sex, great sex, to mind-blowing, gushing, waterfall sex, where you feel magnetic, sexy, and confident, and able to speak up for your needs and radiate that sexy confidence from the inside out. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, review, and share with your fellow biz babes. I'd love to hear your thoughts, takeaways, and questions. So leave me a review on iTunes. And until next time, I'll see you at the top. It's up to you to level up.